this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. How are you doing out there? I hope things are treating you absolutely amazing. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, hey, hi, sup, what's up? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> all that kind of sort of stuff. We're glad that you're here. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you follow along on all things social media. I've been posting some cool stuff from the upcoming book from Safety Sucks, the manifesto over on LinkedIn. So make sure you check that out. Again, welcome to the Hot Nerd Podcast, the home of safety outlaws, safety misfits, safety anarchists, safety outcasts, and all those that want to do things maybe just a little bit better. How about this? The home of those that choose to pursue risky innovation over safe mediocrity. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And we're going to dive into something that is just as polarizing as everything else that we talk about today. We're going to talk about why safety gurus, safety gods, and safety experts suck. So we talk a lot, or we we have chatted quite a bit about the definition of the practitioner, this kind of selfless sacrificer, predictor of of horrible things on the horizon, predictor and preventer of bad things that that are coming down the pipe, the grand safety person that goes out and sprinkles magic safety fairy dust on stuff and just prevents all bad things from happening. And if they don't prevent those bad things from happening, they, they basically should have, right? But an even more dangerous label that's placed on to the practitioner is this idea that they're expected to be safety gurus, shaman, priests, experts, deities, all this kind of stuff. Organizations, employees, industries, and even other safety practitioners often demand that the safety pro be this great knower of safety things, this great knower of safety things, and much, much more. So and we regularly build our safety management systems around this notion, and we often embed and insert the safety professional as the final authority, the final approver for just about anything that occurs in the workplace now, right? Because safety is everywhere, and if safety is everywhere, so must be the practitioner. And with this idea of them being a guru, god, shaman, priest... Their grand safety mind can see hazards and can see those things that that just a normal human being cannot. So they must be the final approver. They must be the person to have their hands on it last because they can see what, what us mere mortals cannot, what those stupid workers cannot see, the safety professional can. You know, the safety message, you know, that morning safety message during your morning safety meetings or your weekly safety meetings or that one that goes out to the company, way, way, way too important, way too important for just a normal lay person to construct and to report out upon. That's only for the magical safety professional. That's only for the safety god. The calibration and use of multi-gas monitors for conspined, conspined, confined spaces, way too important for a mere worker to do. Even a leader, no, 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 no. Only a safety god is permitted to do so such vital and important things. So a lot of organizations, many, many organizations, they want to employ gurus and experts. They don't want safety professionals. They want, they desire gurus and experts. They desire to have this great knower of safety things. Basically the one that the organization can turn to for all of the answers about the safety universe. Now this really demonstrates kind of the misunderstanding that lives within our organizations about how safety actually happens. And it also, it also paints a clear picture of organizations' desires to have easy button safety. So, but ultimately, safety people 
our people too. You're going to hear that quite a bit as I think as we, as we get to move forward towards this book. But when ultimately that safety deity stumbles, it, when they don't know all, when they provide a wrong answer or an answer that's not uh, that the organization might not agree with because it might go in the opposite direction of production or maybe something else that's just as valuable. Ooh, scary, right? Something else might be just as valuable as safety? Hmm. Um, but the organization then turns against their safety god by publicly and promptly lashing, beating, crucifying them. Then this lore of the failed safety messiah moves quickly through the organization. It moves quickly through those around that practitioner, serving as a cautionary tale to other practitioners to never, never have any slip in their divinity. So let's, let, let's take a second and let's combine what some of these things from expert, deity, God, what does this translate into, into the safety guru? And to define that, what we're really saying is a safety guru is a divine, I can't talk, divine and infa infallible intellectual guide in all matters that relate to our most sacred belief, safety, a master and teacher, one that possesses unique ability beyond the, that of mere mortals in all areas of safety and health. So how do we end up here? And because let's, let's just say that, right? That we, we've already said that safety gurus and gods suck. Let's talk about how he ended up here. And let's talk about some of the problems that exist with this mindset of, of, of the safety guru, God and expert. So from the organization's perspective, you know, as, as we already mentioned, ease is a huge factor in this. Obviously, in, in our complex and complicated, chaotic world, companies want easy. Anything that promises easy solutions, even those things are, that are obviously flawed, that are obviously dumb, are regularly embraced. Right? Safety is a huge priority for most companies, as it probably should be. But we take this super important and super complex thing, and we try to solve it through simplification. We try to solve it with easy. We love easy. We're in love with easy. In our crazy and complex and chaotic worlds, worlds that we then complicate beyond belief, we try to do things the easy way. We want easy button solutions. A, an answer poured down from up on high from the safety god is much easier. <laughs> it's much, much easier. It requires no added work by leaders or others within the organization. You know, a trip to the Holy Cathedral of Safety, the safety office, is much easier than seeking out and finding answers through learning from those that actually do stuff. So you're not sure what to do? Just ask safety. Not sure what your employers are up to? You're too busy as a leader to go out and actually talk to your own people? Just ask safety or ask them to go check up on your employees for you. Not sure uh, you know, what, what to do with these, these pesky incident rates? Are they cramping your style? Just ask safety. All super duper easy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Just ask safety. Get the safety god involved and let your safety god fix your problems. Just that easy, right? Just that easy. To take this a little farther as we kind of talk about this kind of easy button approach and the use of safety gods, experts, and gurus. Let's talk a little bit about blame. Having that safety god, and as we kind of mentioned, is all fine and dandy until that god provides you an answer that you don't like, until that god drops the ball, until they're human and they slip and they make a mistake. Right? If, the, if the safety god contradicts popular belief, production, or efficiency demands, they're quickly debunked. They're quickly debunked as a god, right? And they're quickly scolded. When human nature finally catches up to the guru, they have a, an error in judgment. They're blamed, shamed, demoted, replaced. They're tarred and feathered. 
you know, if they come up short any time when they're trying to predict and prevent events as they peer into their crystal ball, if they miss something, tarred, feathered, beat, shamed, crucified, all that kind of sort of stuff. With divinity comes a shit ton of baggage. The safety god can never admit that they're unsure. They can never admit that they're unknowledgeable of some certain obscure area of safety and health or that they might have been wrong. That would near instantly remove that infallible safety god status. So what really happens in these situations? Safety experts shoot from the hip. They lean on the stuff that they do know. And to their credit, most try to learn what, what they do not know. And then they just kind of bullshit the rest. They just kind of shoot from the hip and they make up the rest. In a world of fast and easy answers, organizations that employ safety professionals, they expect nothing less. They want fast and easy. And the safety professional, the safety god, has become that fast and easy button for organizations. They've become a singular and highly visible point of both action, or more, not more, both, triple, here we go, thrice, of answers, action, and blame. So safety practitioners lean into this role because it feels great. It feels good. People lean on us. And at some point, our egos kick in and we start to desire this godlike status. We try to promote it. And excuse the really cool leaf blowers kind of rocking out here in the background. I record these things super duper early and uh, the landscapers here at the studio have the same schedule, it seems, that I do. So if you get a little in the background, I apologize. I'm not stopping. I can't stop. I got to keep ranting. But we desire the feeling of being needed. We yearn to be highly regarded and we pray that we're a necessity. And this is this is a super important point as well. In an ever more cost-efficient and cost-savings world, we continually feel the need to justify our existence. So through this dependence, we hope to create necessity for ourselves. We hope to create necessity for the practitioner. We find ourselves back at value, at, at, at a value question. We believe that by being a grand knower of safety things, that makes us invaluable to our companies. If we hold all the required answers, if we can dispense all those answers back on demand, if we can be the safety god, surely to goodness we will not fall into the category of fat to be trimmed from the organization. Right, so we 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 feel the need to create this dependence out of a sense of self-preservation. Safety practitioners, companies, industries, we fall for the myth of the safety god. We lean into this notion that the, the, the definition of the safety practitioner that we toss around, an all-knowing guru, selfless sacrificer, soothsayer, and predictor of, of, of accidents, of company woe, and ultimately the fixer of that said company woe. This all grows from this idea of safety guruhood. It all grows from this idea of the great safety knower. Industries, organizations, they have the desire for the safety guru. They've helped to perpetuate safety gurus, gods, and experts. But we're quick to fill that void. <laughs> we're quick to go, here I am, I'm a safety expert, I'm an SME, I'm a thought leader, I'm a master, or some other kind of neat self-proclaimed title that promotes our all-knowing status. You know, we have indeed played a key role in creating and perpetuating this legend of the safety god. As we said, we didn't do it alone. Companies and industries, people in general, we just desire gurus to turn to for solutions about the things that plague us, right? Whether it's losing weight, whether it's how should I be a better parent, whether it's how should I detail my car better, whatever. Insert whatever thing here and we turn to gurus. Go down the YouTube rabbit hole of fitness and health and you will find just a boatload. Here, here's the, here's, here's the, here's the, the safety definition, a true term, an assload. You will find an assload 
of oiled up chiseled gurus all selling their own brand of fix. Not only their own kind of knowledge and brand of fix, but selling usually some branded diet, pill, supplement, something, magic pills, easy pills that will help you in your journey of losing this painful negative from your life. So safety gurus, we're not all that different from our fitness and diet counterparts down that YouTube rabbit hole. You know, they have created a business from so-called easy miracle cures, and they're the sole source of easy pills and answers. The safety guru holds the answers. They only possess the cure. This infallible Christ-like safety God is what you should aspire to be like. You, you, you only need to listen and follow in their footsteps. Companies ultimately have a source of pain, you know, hurting people at work, and they desire an easy, efficient, and miraculous cure to end that suffering. So as we said, the organizations, they, they create the demand. But safety practitioners are the ones that are willing to accept the title and the challenge. And together, we continue to insist, here we go, get words out today, insist on the existence and dependence upon safety gurus, gods, and experts. Do you have a safety and health problem? Just call your local guru. There's a guru for that. Now, I think that it should be said that this is not some battle cry against safety expertise. This is not some battle cry against learning and the pursuit of knowledge and all of those things. It's this, it's understanding, it's understanding that we will never hold all the answers. <laughs> We're just not. The safety God, the one that is supposed to hold all the answers, and no matter how much they pretend like they do, will never hold all of the answers. By creating dependence, we're actually creating harm. By creating dependence upon the practitioner, it, it, really, in, in essence, we're creating a single point of failure. Right? We, we have one person, one person that holds all of the magical safety answers that we're going to turn to for all of the magical safety answers. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to get it freaking wrong. They're going to get it wrong, and they're going to get it wrong regularly. Back to the pew, pew, shoot from the hip, right? What they know, they're going to lean into. What they don't know, they're going to try to learn, but they're never going to know it all. And the rest, when we demand those fast and easy answers, they're going to pew, pew, shoot from the hip. That dependence is harmful. We need to let go of this idea of gurus, gods, and experts holding all of the answers to all of the problems that plague our organizations. We should be encouraging safety innovation and creativity from those that accomplish work, and we should be learning from them frequently and deliberately, rather than leaning on to the all-knowing knowledge bank of the practitioner. You know, we should view the role of the safety practitioner not as a guru or a god, but as a facilitator, a conversation starter, a curious innovator, a team member, and a team builder. As safety professionals, we have to let go of this idea that we hold all the answers, that somehow we are more smarterest than those dumb workers that just clearly our magic safety brain could see things that theirs cannot, right? We, ha we have to let go of that. We have to let go of these ideas, right? We can't continue to cling to this God-like status, this safety deity status. We have to let go of this idea that our expertise somehow outweighs the practical knowledge of those that actually get shit done. Ultimately, we have to let go of this idea that by being a guru, we are putting ourselves into an unfireable status, and that by being a guru, that we're somehow adding value. Because we're not. We're just creating harm. We have to embrace our newfound role as a facilitator, innovator, conversation starter, team member, team builder, all that kind of sort of good stuff. We, know we have to double down on diverse thought and input rather than relying on a sole source of godlike celestial answers. We have to use our deep well of knowledge because, let's face it, safety pros out there, I, you know a ton of them, I know a ton of them, I'm one of them, you're one of them. We know a ton of folks out there that are within our profession that have a shit ton of great knowledge, a shit ton of great 
wisdom. And again, this is not a, a battle cry against that. It's really saying this. It's the understanding that no matter how deep that well of knowledge is, it will never be deep enough. Our people hold the answers. That's it. That's all I've got. What are your thoughts? Let me know. Sam at thehotnerd.com. You can slide into the DMs on all things social media, or you can head over to the website, www.thehotnerd.com. You can use the handy dandy contact form, all that kind of sort of stuff. You can head over to www.palehorsemedia.co. Check out all the books. We've got the manifesto. The manifesto is coming out in May. I'm so pumped. A lot of the stuff that we're ranting about or that I've been ranting about on the podcast is in the book. So if you want a deeper dive into the stuff that we're talking about, Check that thing out when it comes out in May. I think you're going to like it. I'm telling you, I've been tinkering with this thing for some months now. I've got an amazing co-author, Ian Allison, who's also been tinkering with this thing for months. And I I don't know. You pick it up. You look at it. You can read through it. Um, Just let me know. I'm kind of tooting my own own horn here, though. But I've got to say, I like it. I like it. It it, it definitely, I'll say this. I'll promise you one thing. It won't suck. How about that? (laughs) We'll say it's good, but I'll just say that that it won't suck. You tell me if it's good. Again, get into contact. You know I love having these conversations. That's all I've got. Sam Goodman, The Hot Nerd, signing off. Bye, bye, bye.